Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. And I'm late. I had a problem in connecting uh, with the radio station, though uh, uh, when we upload to iHeart, iTunes, and Stitcher, uh, you'll have uh, just the beginning hearing. There's been the Sally Yates hearing for about two hours now, uh, live. Uh, all we're seeing is lies, circle talk, uh, perjury, you know, the, the usual suspects. Uh, so we will uh, get back to that um, just for a little bit till their next break and then uh, we are going to talk about Beirut, talk about what's happening and what's to come uh, today is hump day I will be on uh, White Hat Report this evening and uh, and uh, it's hump day and I told you that it was humbling this is the lull of the roller coaster and we're going to start climbing today so let's uh, continue this Sally Gates testifying uh, before the Senate Judiciary Committee. I will name uh, the senators that are questioning her as um, they start questioning her. CA, that they wouldn't think that that's important to bring up the chain of command when you're making critical decisions. Is that something that you feel like anybody in that in that whole process, anyone, uh, whether they were working w- for you are around you leading up to information that you were acting on. It seems to me that some of these people should have been disciplined or fired. Do you agree with that? Well, look, I don't know what is going on within the FBI and their internal discipline process, so I can't speak to that. But I can say that I believe that this information should have been provided to the lawyers in the National Security Division who were working with them on the FISA applications. I don't there's any doubt but, about it. But just getting inside, also, I'm sorry, go ahead, Ms. Yates. But I also uh, trust Inspector General Horwitz's conclusion that he did not find any evidence that any of these agents were acting with bias or any kind of political motive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I looked at, and read the Horowitz report to, to try to figure out, even though it's no longer in office anymore, what went wrong, what you seem to have are agents who superimposed and used their own judgment or what was material, or what was exculpatory, and decided then what they would provide to the lawyers in the National Security Division. And that's not how it should work. They should be giving all of that information to the lawyers in NSD so that those lawyers can make that determination. Ms. Yates, could you at least understand if, if you combine uh, some of their actions, their errors and omissions, and some of the personal communications between some of those involved, why a skeptic would maybe find it hard to believe to take a generous view of it just being an honest mistake? Well, Senator, the Inspector General reviewed over a million documents. I believe he did over 170 interviews. So I think he's in a better position than I am to be able to answer that question. And he found, again, that there was no evidence of bias or a political motive. Ms. Yates, do you believe the DOJ uh, has ever really been in a, or do you believe the DOJ um, can actually charge someone under the under the Logan Act? Can it? Um, I, I, frankly, Senator, I've never engaged in that analysis because we were not at a point of making My. a final determination as to whether General Flynn would be charged under the Logan Act. But as I was trying to make clear to Senator Graham. 
That was not the prism through which we were examining this. Did you ever we seriously did you ever seriously consider prosecuting Flynn under the Logan Act? We didn't make an official decision when I was there. Wait a minute. Didn't they say that they weren't talking about it and she doesn't remember who brought it up? But now she's saying that they were discussing it, but it wasn't like an official thing. But I think I believed it was very unlikely that we would prosecute him under the Logan Act. Again, it was a counterintelligence threat, not a criminal prosecution of the Logan Act that was the focus. And for those of you joining in right now, counterintelligence threat is the same as you're not following Barack Hussein Obama's policies, and therefore you're a counterintelligence threat. Commissioner Yates. Senator Coons. Thank you, Chairman Graham and Ranking Member Feinstein. Thank you, Ms. Yates, for your 27 years of service to the United States Department of Justice and for your testimony here today. Uh, let me just begin at the outset, it's sort of a framing here. Uh, do you have any doubt uh, that Russia attacked the United States during the 2016 presidential election with the intention of changing the outcome or influencing the outcome of that election? No. And do you have any reason to be concerned that the Russians may, in fact, uh, be trying to do that again for the 2020 election? I think all of us should be very concerned about that, Senator, as our intelligence community is trying to tell us. Um, let me go back to some issues that have been touched on before, but make sure we've had a chance to explore them. Carter Page was never charged uh, in the Russia investigation, and out of the whole 448 pages of the Mueller report, only eight pages uh, pertain to Carter Page, but there's been some focus on it today. Um, so just tell us uh, briefly, if you would, when did you learn of the errors in the Carter Page FISA application? Long after I left office. Uh, and when that FISA application reached your desk as Deputy Attorney General, after several layers of departmental review, what were you looking for? When you reviewed that, what were you looking for? And what was appropriate for you to be looking for? Thank you for that, Senator, because I would like to explain what the process is for FISA. I was looking to determine whether or not, given the facts that had been sworn to in the affidavit from the FBI, whether that meant the legal that she read, that she looked over, that she saw legit, but she wouldn't have signed knowing what she knows today if she paid attention to it more. Standard for FISA. And you're right. It's, it's not just several layers of review. There were seven different layers of review at the Department of Justice. And I would expect a similar number of layers of review at the FBI. And there had been quite a good bit of back and forth before the original FISA was signed. There was about a month. Actually, it was, in, it was in September when you guys were spanked by Judge Collier. And not only that, I was there when Graham and McCain were talking about the FISA warrant and how Harry Reid was conversing and sharing this information with Mother Jones. They all knew this is a coup. This was a coup that they attempted. And this is something extraordinary. They tried to annul or delay, annul the elections or delay the inauguration of the president of the United States. Um, of back and forth between the National Security Division lawyers and the lawyers, excuse me, and the agents at the FBI. And, and when you did ultimately learn that there were errors in that um, did that strike you as inappropriate, uncalled for, in violation of uh, practice and tradition? Uh, absolutely. And, and as I've said, not only was it unacceptable, I, you know, I have great concern about this, how this impacts 
the department's credibility, both with the FISA court and otherwise. And that's why it is incumbent upon department lawyers and agents, not just in a high-profile case, but in any case, to work hard to be absolutely scrupulously accurate in every single document that is filed. Oh, yeah, they have to be absolutely scrupulous. They had NSA raw data that they were collecting on American citizens, candidates, anyone around them. They were using that to create the foundations for a FISA warrant, colluded with foreign countries to create a BS dossier through circular reporting, making it something legit. So when you went to the White House on January 26th, uh, you had something serious to tell White House counsel Don McGahn. Uh, you went to tell him, if I understand correctly, that the president's national security advisor, General Flynn, could be blackmailed uh, because he was lying about the content of his conversations with the Russians. Is there any doubt in your mind that General Flynn lied about his conversations with the Russians? No, there's not. Uh, General Flynn, in fact, pled guilty uh, to lying to the FBI. Um, some have called lying to the FBI, which is a felony, by the way, um, a process crime. Um, could you explain why lying to the FBI in the, in the context uh, that we're talking about here strikes at the very heart of the criminal justice system? Certainly, Senator. Well, first, and in connection with any investigation, the only way that the Department of Justice can go about its job is that people, when they are interviewed by the FBI, are truthful and candid and provide complete information. That's the only way to be able to sift through and figure out what the facts are and to be able to determine if charges should be filed. And given your knowledge, if I could, uh, given your knowledge of the Flynn case and and your 27-year career at Justice, were you surprised when DOJ moved to dismiss the case after General Flynn had pled guilty to lying to the FBI? I was very surprised by that. And let me ask a closing question, if you could. Why was it important to interview General Flynn? What was the purpose um, that underlay um, questioning General Flynn? General Flynn had had conversations with the Russian ambassador, back-channel secret conversations, neutering the sanctions to the U.S. government, and, and had been covering it up, had been providing false information to the vice president and others to put out publicly. We, we being the government, needed to know what was going on here. Was General Flynn acting on his own or was he working with others? Because the investigators needed to be able to figure out what the relationship was between the campaign and the Russians. And had General Flynn been honest, had he told them the truth in this interview, then the... Oh, my gosh. Did the liar just call General Flynn a liar? Oh, my gosh. Agents would have learned then what they only learned much, much later after he finally told the truth. And that is that these were not off-the-cuff conversations that he was having with the Russian ambassador. But rather, these were conversations that were carefully organized and planned with other members of the Trump transition. And that he also had been very careful to lie about and cover up, even to the point of sending his deputy out when the news first broke of this, to, to call the Washington Post and to give them false information and to say that he had never discussed sanctions at all. The cover-up continued after that as he told lies to more and more people. Well, thank you, Ms. Yates. Thank you for your testimony uh, and for your service to our nation. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you.
Uh, did what General Flynn do? Did he commit a crime, ma'am? When you say what General Flynn did, which was it a crime? Talking to Pardon the me? Uh, talking to the Russian ambassador. Again, Senator, I know I'm a broken record on this. We were doing a counterintelligence okay. investigation. Thank you. Point. Not a criminal investigation. Senator Kennedy. Counselor, thank you for appearing today voluntarily. Um, did Donald Trump violate the law by colluding with Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election? I think Special Counsel Mueller found that there was insufficient evidence to establish a conspiracy between Donald Trump and the Russian campaign. You agree with that? I am in no position to be, to, I wasn't part of that investigation. I've read the Mueller report like I presume all So there's some doubt in your mind? Senator, I didn't say that. I just don't think that I'm in a position to opine on that. When all I've done is read the what moment. You just can't bring yourself to say that he didn't violate the law? No. Senator, you're putting words in my mouth. No, ma'am. Wait, she's been opining on how he did break the law. So now he's asking her point blank rather than skirting. Did he break the law, yes or no? That's a question. I accept and trust Special Counsel Mueller in his determination that there was insufficient evidence for that. I, I accept that. You don't like Donald Trump, do you? I don't like, I don't respect the manner in which he has carried out the presidency. Okay. You despise Donald Trump, don't you? No, I I don't despise anyone, Senator. Okay. Um, Isn't it true that there were a handful of people at the FBI that that, uh, despised Donald Trump? and wanted to do everything they could do to keep him from being president? I can't speak as to whether other people despised Donald Trump. Were you part of that group? No, Senator, I was not. Isn't it true that there were a handful of people at the Department of Justice during the Obama administration that despised Donald Trump and did everything in their power to keep him from being president? I'm not aware of anyone at the Department of Justice doing anything to try to keep Donald Trump from becoming president. Were you part that of that group? Inconsistent. Were you were you part of that group? No, and I, I'm not aware of anybody doing that. And that would wait a minute. But didn't she earlier say that it was all Comey's fault that they were investigating and they were uh, putting all these things out on the Trump administration? But now she's not aware of anyone. OK, OK. Not only surprise me, but shock me. Was the uh, would it be fair to say that the strike that the steel dossier was uh, was a keystone of the Russian collusion investigation, wasn't it? No, it was not. It was a, a part of the Carter Page FISA affidavit. But in fact, I think if you read the Mueller report, you'll see that the steel dossier does not play a role at all. So you don't think it was important? You don't think it was important to the uh, FISA applications? As I just said, Senator, yes, with respect to the FISA applications in Carter Page. But your question was not that. Your question was with respect to Special Counsel Mueller's investigation. All right, fair enough. Uh, let me be sure I understand you. Was the was the uh, Steele dossier uh, critically important to the FISA applications? Yes, it was. We there was information with respect 
to part of page. Not to cut you off, but I've only got five minutes, and I think we can agree on this. Um, The Steele dossier was junk, wasn't it? Uh, The Steele dossier, when you say junk, I don't really know how to describe that. Um, What did you think about it? You thought it was true? You think it's true? Senator, there's information that was in the dossier that certainly is called into question now. I haven't been at the well, Department no of Justice. Well, no kidding. Uh, well, May I finish my answer, please, Senator? Sure, I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize, Counsel. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. My question was, uh, isn't it a fact that the Steele dossier is junk? I think that there is certainly evidence now that there was not at the time that calls into question the reliability of many portions of the steel dossier. Okay. I have Did you check to see if it was drunk? It was junk before you signed off on the FICE applications? Senator, the affidavit that was provided by the FBI sets forth the factual basis, and we rely upon the FBI to be the fact finders. So you didn't independently check? No, so no, I did not end- Here she is throwing Comey under the bus again. But the thing is, who's Comey's boss? It's Loretta Lynch. Where is Loretta? Independently fact check. And I'm not exactly sure how long okay. we've come let, about doing it. Let me be sure I understand. Let me be sure I understand. Um, mm-hmm. You signed off on two of the applications. Uh, you, you're going, you're asking for permission to surveil uh, uh, somebody who is close to a candidacy for the President of the United States in one instance, and in the second instance actually was the President of the United States. And you took no independent steps to see if the Steele dossier was accurate. Is that your testimony? Senator, I'm sorry, I'm not following your question when you talk about well, let me, let me try to be, let me try to be clearer. The, the steel. Okay, let's just make it clear. He's asking her, you said you read it and signed it. Did you read it? Because now it has all these falsities in it. Did you know? Did you knowingly sign it? Dossiers was critical to, to at least um, several of the FISA applications, one of which you signed off on. You With said respect that, to that, 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 let me finish my question. You said that the Steele dossier, um, with hindsight, may not have been completely accurate. You're investigating a president of the United States, and you didn't check to see if it was accurate? Let me put it another way. Let's suppose my staff came to me tomorrow and said, we have a... uh, I want, we have evidence that Chairman Graham is colluding with China to influence the, the presidential election. <laughs> and uh, I say, okay, what's the basis of that? White House. Oh, snap. B just dropped some truth as a hypothetical. And they say, uh, we have a reliable source that we can trust, and we want you to call him out. And I go out and call him out with verifying the reliable source. Am I, is, am I not like a rock, only dumber? Isn't that what you did? No, that's not at all what I did, Senator. 
First of all, the FISA hearing... So well, then tell me article. every step you took to verify the veracity of the Steele dossier, which was junk. You didn't do anything, did you? Let me ask you one last question. Yeah. If I could get a chance to answer your question. Yes, ma'am. Wait a minute, Mr. Chairman. Let, yeah, accusations she, are being made. Sure, sure. The witness should have an opportunity to uh, respond. I agree. You, you may respond. Thank you very much. Oh, I think, Senator, you were implying here that this FISA application was on Donald Trump. As we all know, the FISA application was not on a candidate or president. It was on an individual who was formerly with the campaign, was not a current member of the campaign. Secondly, with respect to the process, the FISA process is such that the FBI, as I've indicated to you, is the fact finder. They have the files. They engage in what's called a Woods process, where they are required to document that every single fact in the affidavit is accurate and that they can trace it back to a specific place in the FBI files that established that. A problem, I think, that the, that the Page uh, FISA process has revealed is that just because there is a fact in the FBI files that establishes, I mean, a document that establishes that fact, there were also inconsistent facts that apparently were not included in that affidavit. Lawyers in the National Security Division spent a lot of time working with the FBI in putting together the affidavit and the application here. But they necessarily must rely upon the FBI, who are the fact finders in this, to be certain of the accuracy. And in fact, that's exactly how the FISA application is set up. It is the FBI agent. Mr. Chairman, now I'm confused. Listen, I, I, Could you just tell me every step you took to verify the, the accuracy of the Steele dossier? I relied upon the FBI as the fact finders here and the lawyers in the National Security Division to vet the accuracy of, of the FISA application. And All of them job, hated Trump, right? No, Senator, they did not hate Trump. Well, if I may. And, you know, I, have to say, I have to speak up here for the career men and women of the Department of Justice. You know, there were. Oh, I'm not talking about all the career men and women. I think you and your colleagues have have tarnished the reputation of the FBI. So, uh, if I may, we'll go to the next next am I, witness. Am I out of time, Mr. Chairman? <laughs> barely, barely, okay. just a second. One thing I do want to, to to make a point, we'll go to Senator Blumenthal, is I accept that Ms. Shakes did not do be an independent investigation of the affidavit, and I agree with Senator Whitehouse. I think most people in that situation are not required to do that. But I, I do want to ask one question. <clears throat> Once the dossier was known to be unreliable, Ms. Yates, do the people who did the interview, do they have a duty to notify their superiors about their concerns and about the information they found? Are you talking about the interview that took place at the end of January? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and that, yes, they did. Can you imagine a circumstance where they did not do that? I can't speculate as to what actually happened, but, and this was in the final days of my time at the Department of Justice. I, I guess. Yes, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you that the information from that interview should have been provided to the lawyers in the National Security Division 
so it could be incorporated in the FISA applications. Should it also have been provided to Mr. McCabe, who is in charge of the investigation? I, you know, I don't know internally how it works at the FBI. I would expect that would happen, but I, I don't know whether it did or not. Finally, do you think it's fair for this committee to ask those questions? I, it's not really up to me to be telling you what's fair and what but, is but objective. Who knew what when? Yeah, thank you. I, I, I don't think it's, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Senator Blumenthal. That's what we're going to do. We're going to find out who knew what, when, and what they knew, did about it. Senator Blumenthal. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. Uh, let me just say, uh, Ms. Yates, thank you for your appearance today. Thank you for your patience with us, including myself, because I am likely to repeat some of the questions that you may have already answered. Uh, but let me say at the very outset, when you appeared before this committee on uh, in May of 2017, I said, among other things, quote, uh, whether we agree or disagree with you, I hope there are young prosecutors and young members of our Intelligence Committee who will watch this hearing and say, that's the kind of professional I want to be, not just expert, but a person of deep conviction and conscience. And I repeat that today because it is uh, something I feel as deeply now as I did then about you, Ms. Yates, and I appreciate your service to our country and uh, your being here to go through some of these questions which have been repetitive and even, with all due respect, unnecessarily antagonistic. Uh, and I want to come back to one of the fundamental issues here. When the recommendation was made by uh, a number of the FBI agents to close the investigation on January 4th, so far as you know, Okay, just for you guys listening, this is, uh, you know, our beloved, uh, <laughs> all right, oh my gosh, I said that with the straight face, our beloved Danang Dick uh, Blumenthal, who lost a lot of money, obviously, in Venezuela with all those gold mines uh, that, uh, you know, President Trump kind of took with those EOs in 2018, lost a lot of money too. And, uh, we should be reclaiming our time. He's half asleep, uh, can't speak. And, you know, this alleged Korean Vietnam veteran, whatever, he forgets which story he's saying, um, is now, uh, making statements for stupid Sally because she just fell into all the traps. And I just wanted to note, did you guys hear Graham's voice cracking as he was coming to Stupid Sally's rescue? Like, that was incredible because we had Kennedy drop a real truth bomb. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. No. Were those agents aware of the conversation between Michael Flynn and Ambassador Kislyak? Senator, I think you're referring to the specific counterintelligence investigation of Michael Flynn. My understanding is no, they did not know about those conversations. They did not they know did. about I, that. I don't think Go this ahead. is really a red herring here because this interview, I wasn't even aware that there was a specific counterintelligence investigation opened up on General Flynn at that point. You didn't need that to go interview General Flynn. The circumstances here called out for an interview in the context of the broader investigation. 
And in fact, you've just answered what was going to be my next question. Uh, the, the continuing investigation into Michael Flynn was legitimate, correct, when he was questioned by the FBI himself? Yes. And his lies to the FBI were material, correct? And they certainly were. Uh, what about her now, lies? Now, the president, uh, or I should say the, the Department of Justice, uh, has moved to dismiss the case against Michael Flynn uh, on the basis that his false statements to the FBI were not material or the uh, investigation was not legitimate. But I think that is clearly and powerfully contradicted by the evidence that you've given us today. Let me say... Uh, what evidence? The lies? Okay, let's stop this. And Well, let's just wait for the break and then stop this. Like, this is ridiculous. As we can see, they are all terrified of General Flynn. As we can see, Graham is not going behind bars as long as he makes sure to point out the hypocrisy of this whole investigation for Flynn. Yeah, Kennedy... <laughs> Ah, pulled his pants down with a hypothetical. This is crazy. She's been lying. Well, I didn't know there was a counterintelligence, you know, investigation. We didn't know at the time. But earlier, about an hour and a half earlier, she said there was a counterintelligence thing open because of the phone call. So which one was it? You didn't know in mid-January, but you knew in at the beginning of January. I am so confused myself. But he's glad she's laying out the facts. Mr. Chairman... Um, and I, I know others of our colleagues have made reference to it, but over the past few days, we've received classified briefings about the continuing, absolutely shocking and startling threat from malign foreign interference in our election that is potentially ongoing. Uh, and these briefings, I think, emphasize to us our responsibility to focus on the present and the future in terms of that threat. And I hope that this investigation or these series of hearings will in no way distract us or deflect the nation's attention from that continuing foreign threat to our election security. It's absolutely chilling based on the facts we've received in a classified setting. That's how he described I Vietnam, the American right? People need and deserve to know them. I think these facts should be declassified immediately. We have a responsibility to address them in this committee and elsewhere. And I hope that the time and attention and energy that these hearings are taking will in no way distract us from that ongoing task. Uh, and it's a challenge that is central to our responsibility. It's not just peripheral or convenient. It is central and essential. Uh, Ms. Yates, I want to give you finally an opportunity to clarify a part of your testimony relating to the Fox News uh, alert now, George at least Papadopoulos. I think you were referring to uh, emails that uh, Russia planned to release. Uh, involving contacts with him. Just to clarify, were you suggesting that Papadopoulos was a Russian or a foreign agent? No, I was not. I was, uh, what I was suggesting was is that he had gotten that information from someone who was associated with the Russians, not that he is a Russian agent.
Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Senator Blumenthal, for clearing that up for Mr. Papadopoulos' sake. Uh, Senator Cruz. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Ms. Yates, when did you first become aware that the Obama administration was surveilling the Donald Trump campaign? The Obama administration was not surveilling the Donald Trump campaign. So a FISA application is not surveillance? The FISA application was for Carter Page, who was a former member of the Trump campaign at that point. So, so your testimony is that, that, that the investigation in Carter Page had nothing to do with the Donald Trump campaign? No, I'm suggesting you asked me if we were surveilling the campaign. You, you don't get and it I both said, ways. Is it the campaign or not? Uh, Senator, I'm trying to give you what is the accurate information here. Carter Page was a former... Wait a minute. Did you hear that? This is this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Which one is it? Tell us. Former member of the Trump campaign at the time that the FISA was initiated. And, and what was the reason for the FISA on Carter Page? There were a number of reasons. First, we had gotten the information that I was trying to point out here, that the Russians had made the overture that they wanted to be able to assist the Trump campaign. Now, hold on, you said it had nothing to do with the Trump campaign. I said that he was not a member of the Trump campaign at the time that we initiated the uh, FISA. Ms. Yates, in your time at the Department of Justice, are you aware? Did she just admit that they were listening in on the Trump campaign, knowing that Carter Page was going to be part of the Trump campaign? And that's why they got a FISA warrant on Carter Page. You mean they were using raw NSA data, what I call 702 over collections so that they could do this. She just admitted it. Aware of any other political opponents of President Obama that, that were being surveilled? Again, Senator, if you're talking about the court-authorized surveillance of Carter Page... I'm asking, are you aware of any surveillance of any other political opponents? Any other candidates for president in 2016? There were a whole bunch of them, including the chairman and myself. Were either of us being surveilled, yes or no? The answer to that is no, and I also think that there was also no information that the Russians were working to aid another candidate other than Donald Trump. Okay, so your testimony is no other candidate in 2016 was being surveilled other than Carter Page and the Trump campaign. Is that, is that right? Other than Carter Page. Okay. When did you first become aware of the investigation and, and the surveillance on Carter Page? When the FISA application was presented to me in October, I knew that the NSD lawyers were working on it for some period of time prior to that with the FBI. So it would have been in the October range. I don't, okay. mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but wasn't Papadopoulos also being taped? Ms. Yates, the chairman asked a good question. My understanding, I was not... 
So pay attention to what she just slipped up on. I'm going to clarify this for you. And I hope someone actually puts it out too. I mean, I tweeted that part out. But what she's explaining is, is that they were monitoring and surveilling Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, even though at that time they weren't really part of the campaign because they were part of the campaign. Well, how did you know they were going to be part of the campaign? Could it be that you were listening to conversations, emails, text messages, phone calls, discussions? of how they were going to be coming into so you latched onto them because Papadopoulos was never officially part of the campaign yet you were already spying which goes back to what I've been saying from day one the dossier is to cover up the crimes that they committed by using raw NSA data over collections 702 over collections look how many times do I have to say this I saw them using it I heard them talking about it I saw the communications and yet the judge who spanked them for doing it signed the darn Carter Page FISA warrant she's telling you yeah so we were spying and and we were surveilling and we were recording because Trump campaign but they weren't part of the well yeah but we knew that they were gonna so we were doing it because they were gonna well how did you know they were gonna be part of the Trump campaign so we knew that the Russians listen listen they tell you everything she just got boxed in she just got boxed in with her own lies unaware at the time but my understanding is that Papadopoulos, that there was a recorded conversation between Papadopoulos and a source, not not wiretap surveillance. No, but, but the government orchestrated this, right? That's what I know now. Didn't know that at the time. Yes. So we know that the government... She didn't know that at the time, but they, she knew that they were surveilling Carter Page, who wasn't officially part of the Trump campaign. But they were surveilling him because they knew the Russians were going to try to help the Trump campaign. Are you getting this? This was all a setup. Carter Page was a pawn. They knew he was going in because they were spying since December 2014. And guess who was watching all of it? Me. And I've been saying it all along in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Constant, constant, constant. But I guess my voice wasn't supposed to be heard until it's time that I go down there with a GoPro on my head and say, hey, there's a tape there. This guy kept insurance there. That person kept insurance there. Uh, maybe we want to check Chief Justice Roberts's uh, laptop that he gives to the child to play Roblox on. I'm just saying this is all alleged, okay? All, all allegedly, allegedly. Orchestrated a, a recording of conversations with Papadopoulos and got a warrant against Carter Page. That seems to me surveillance. So when they came to you asking to surveil members of the Trump campaign because of conduct they allegedly did while members of the Trump campaign, what due diligence did you do? Did, did, did you press back at all? You already told Senator Kennedy you just trusted the FBI. You didn't ask about their sources. You did. I mean, what due diligence did you do before signing off on what we now have significant reason to believe was a profound politicization of law enforcement and intelligence? Senator, there was a tremendous amount of process back and forth between the lawyers in the National Security Division and the FBI. Okay, I asked what you did, not not other lawyers. What due diligence did you do? You were the one signing off on it. And and with respect to whether the facts were accurate in this, in this instance. So did you inquire whether it was opposition research funded by the DNC or Hillary Clinton? 
Wait, and, and look, he just entrapped her again. So we were, so you got these FISA warrants on these Trump campaign people, which weren't even in the Trump campaign at the time. And you didn't know that the DNC was paying for it. But, you know, the Justice Department, uh, we have the receipts. The Justice Department, on behalf of the FBI, paid CrowdStrike right after they exonerated Hillary Clinton. And by the way, CrowdStrike was also at the same time working at the DNC while the FBI was, too. Why was CrowdStrike at the DNC before there was a DNC hack. Oh, dear. Staging the hack. And then, while they were staging the hack, while they were mirroring the servers, they were hacked. I did have a discussion about that. With who? With a lawyer in my office. Would that have been Bruce Orr? No. Bruce Orr was not working on this. So, But his wife was working for Fusion GPS, being paid by Hillary Clinton and the DNC. And he certainly was actively involved in this investigation. Did you know that? Did, did, did anyone inquire about that? No, had no idea of that. Learned that from the inspector general's investigation. And Bruce Orr was not working with us on any. She didn't know. She learned from the inspector general's investigation. Man, could these people lie anymore? How did I know? Why is Daniel Jones? Why are there always Joneses that are in the middle of all this crap? So why is it that Daniel J. Jones, who paid them, who paid Fusion GPS, who created a nonprofit to funnel in George Soros money to continue the perpetuation of Let's Stop Trump with the stupid Penn Quarterly Group, who was Feinstein's little handler, not minion, handler, who, by the way, started his career in Teach America, tells you everything you need to know. Why is he omitted? And why the heck is she testifying? She's a throwaway. Who we need is Loretta Lynch because she signed off on those. Who we need is who did Matt Whitaker tell me was in charge? Who is the career person that signs off on all the damn receipts that our federal tax dollars pay? Right. Loughner. Where the heck is he? I want him there and I want to ask him. Hey, dude, you were paying CrowdStrike. You knew the money was going to all these people. When did you decide to speak up? Why is he not testifying? Do you see how all of these peoples are clowns? Do you see how they're talking about the dossier? Rather than say, let's just cut to the chase. The dossier was a blanket for you just in case there was a straggler behind in Congress in the House that opened their mouth that you couldn't take out quick enough. Just in case. That's why you had the dossier retroactively to cover your tracks. And that's why. You said earlier that nobody was trying to get President Trump. Have, have you read the Horowitz Inspector General report? I have. And Inspector General Horowitz found that he did not, not find any evidence of bias or a political motive. Ms. Yates, with, with all due respect, Inspector General Horowitz found 17 material misstatements in those FISA applications, including a lawyer from the FBI who fraudulently altered a document and submitted it and, in fact, took the question... Was Carter Page an asset from the FBI for the CIA? The CIA said yes. He altered the document and changed it to a no. You're telling me that that, that which tells you something else that Carter Page had the impression that he knew that they were going to use him. This I'm just telling you because once you're an asset, you're an asset. And let's be fair. Let's be fair. But you know we shouldn't be giving passes to people. You know this is so magical that nobody wanted to get Trump? How about that lawyer that fraudulently altered a document to, to, to get this surveillance? 
I'm telling you that Inspector General Horowitz did over 170 interviews and reviewed more than a million documents. And he's in a better position than I am to be able to make a conclusion about Somebody raid her right there live on TV. I want I want to see people with guns pointed at her and slapping cuffs. Seriously, why is she allowed to even... This is such a pony show. It's so f- infuriating. Whether there was evidence of a political motive or bias. Yeah, m- Ms. Yates, let, let me just make a, a, a final observation. You, you mentioned in your testimony the, the principled career men and women at the Department of Justice and the FBI, and you're right. There, there are tremendous principles whose integrity has been called into question by the profound politicization of the leadership of the department and of the bureau. And to sign off on turning the FBI and the CIA into a a tool of opposition research and attacking your political opponents, and to go all the way to the Oval Office as you did on January 5th with President Obama and Joe Biden, going after their political opponents, it's wrong and it has done immeasurable damage to the professionals and, and the men and women of integrity at the Department of Justice and at the Bureau. And uh, now I think Senator Hirono, but I will say, I want Ms. Yates to understand, Horowitz didn't find any bias in opening up the counterintelligence investigation, but he was dumbfounded by the series of events that occurred, including manipulating evidence and all the withholding of information from the court. He said... Uh, that's hard to explain. Not for me, it's not. Senator- Stop. Okay, so I'm going on a hard break for those on the radio. We're going to pause it and just um, kind of reconcile. Uh, I don't know uh, if you guys want to continue on listening to the charade or um, should we get into the news or what we could do is continue the charade and then go to the news. I'll see you in a bit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So we're going to just go with the news. We heard about uh, we heard a little bit about this for the extended Tory Says. Obviously, I'll continue where I pause the hearing. So I want all of you to say a prayer for my friend Chris, who's going to be interviewing, uh, you know, Don Jr. And um, that all the questions are done. I, I also I can't wait until the White House press pool is over reached where we the people can actually ask questions that we care about because right now we're not allowed to ask questions uh to the white house that we care about we just have them with their stupid talking points and don't get this wrong the right has talking points too all of them pooled under one stupid little account and they all get drops so it's pretty incredible you know how how much they're hijacking our reality every single day with rubbish and thank you for that dm i i already knew uh there's going to be more of that uh this is burning evidence see there's a lot going on that we are not seeing at all 
at all because we're not supposed to see it? No, because they're congesting us with other rubbish, like these stupid hearings that do nothing. If you want a real hearing, this is where you bring Loretta Lynch. This is where you bring the chief justice of the Supreme Court. This is where you drop the audio, and that's all you have to do. Hi, everyone. We're having a hearing. Before the hearing, let's play this clip. It's about two hours and 13 minutes. Let's put it on. Mm. And you know, the really good part is the last 57 minutes. <laughs> Just saying. So it's like, uh, this is how you can put it together. This is how you need to drop it. But you know, while we're here, I just wanted to tell you guys, in, um, in a time of chaos that we're at right now, as we can see, we have uh, uncertainty in our uh Lively, livelihoods, our, our work, our home, our lives, right? It's completely uncertain. It's chaotic, okay? It's chaotic because we don't know where we stand. We don't know uh, what's it going to be like tomorrow. And so we have a pandemic coupled with this infodemic. So we don't know what's real, what's happening, who's happening. Numbers are crazy. This is happening. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear goggles and gloves. It's, it's, it's chaos, And here we are where the actual people in office, in elected office, are supposed to make it easy for us. While they play their stupid political thing, they're supposed to make it easy for us, the people. So, like, for example, the $600 we're supposed to get. By the way, I got $400. (laughs) That was so cool. Um, Yeah, and they sent me $400. It's like, oh, gee, thanks. That's what I was owed, um, I guess, $400. That's it. But uh, regardless... Here's, here's how it works, okay? They're supposed to make it easy for us. There are people out there just like me who can't go out to work and can't get their contracts done because everybody's locked at home, because everything's happening like this and like this and like this. So they're, they're elected. They're supposed to make things simple for us. Why is it that they can't agree on extending, you know, pandemic uh, benefits, on providing health insurance for everyone, people that are actually unemployed? Help. Why can't it be simple? Why do they have to add stupid stuff? Like, let's give money to Harvard. Oh, let's give money to the schools. No, let's keep it simple. One paper. Let's give the people this much. Let's do this. Let's create this program. How's we send everybody, what is it, protective gear for the elections? Let's Let's make this, let's open up one office of social security for those that need to communicate with them and are older and can't freaking use a computer. Why don't we all do this just for the people? No, both Republicans and Democrats want to put their little pork in it. They can't make things simple. That shows you that they're not working for you. They're working for themselves and their interests. That is all they care about. That is all they care. Why can't it be simple? We're at a time of chaos where we don't know what's up, what's down, left, right, enemy, friend, foe, what? We don't know. Healthy flu, biological warfare, lies, explosions, bombs, missiles, birds. What is it? So why can't we have the simple things for the basic necessities? Why can't they simplify things? I'll tell you why. Cause it's never about you, your livelihood, your life, your life doesn't mean diddly squat to them. It's about them. It's about power. Get that through your head. Just on that, no matter what side of the fence you sit on, you can agree with that. Why can't they make the, make it simple? You know what? Like I said, when was it? Months and months ago. Trump just signed the EO and send your truck 
Trump bucks away. Create a paper that says we're going to be giving people this. We're going to send them a check for this. We're going to give small businesses this. Done. One paper. Over on top of them. We shouldn't sit here and suffer. And I understand that in order for people to understand the insane conditions uh, and of health in our political system, of our representatives, we have to see it for ourselves. You know, I say it all the time. I can only take you there. I can't make you see it. I can't make you understand it. It's like take the horse to the water, but you can't force it to drink. Have you ever tried to make a pet drink? Yeah, it's not working. You could shove their head. If they don't want to drink, they're not going to drink. And so that's the way it is. You have it there in front of you. You have to be able to see it. And sometimes it's got to be so hardcore like this, where now the Democrats are showing, why are we, why are they negotiating? Think about it. Why are they negotiating? What is there to negotiate? You're either helping the people or you're not. Oh, yeah, we want to add this and we got to give musicians this and maybe like, uh, you know, taxi drivers this and, oh, this ballet company needs some money. Let's throw that in. Oh, and uh, let's talk about the legislation in regards to Jordan and Sesame. Yeah, let's put that in. What does that have to do with this? Has nothing to do with it. Your job should be looking after the people, not yourself, not your interests, just the people. Make it simple. It should be a one page thing. We're giving the people this, this, this. Do we all agree? Yes. Move it along. Do your whole politics on your own time, not on the back of the people. So that's number one for you guys to understand where we're at. The fact that, you know, he's constantly negotiating when we shouldn't be negotiating anything. And if they were all about the people and they were so righteous and so amazing, then, then there wouldn't be negotiations. Okay. It would be pretty clear cut, simple document. Let's get the people fed. Let's make sure they have a roof over their head. Let's figure this out. One for money, two for rent and mortgages. But you know, I digress. Too much truth right there. Now, let's analyze and let's listen to President Trump's interview this morning with Fox and Friends. This is, should be very interesting. Morning. Hey, listen, uh, I know a young couple who got married this weekend. <laughs> what is your advice for a young couple looking forward to a bright America, given the restrictions of COVID and everything that's going on right now? Related to you. Right. Well, first of all, congratulations. You finally got that done. Despite everything, it's not easy. But uh, as you know, I've met your daughter. She's lovely. It's going to be a it's going to be a great combination. They don't listen. Don't listen to my advice. You just let them (laughs) lead their life. They're going to be very good. They're going to be just fine. It's a great couple. And uh, it's an incredible family. She starts off with excellent genes. That's very important. <laughs> well, thank you very much. All right. That's all I was curious about. I got to go on. Va- I'm still on vacation. Yes. <laughs> Talk to you later. Yeah, yeah, the president right. commented the Ducey Helix. Thank you, Steve. So long. All right, uh, Mr. President, uh, thanks so much for doing this this morning. Uh, can we talk about probably the thing that everybody's talking about today, and that's mail-in voting? Uh, what bother, what seems to bother you most, and stop me if I'm wrong, is if a state like Nevada or another state just blankets a state with ballots unrequested. And that's different from requesting an absentee ballot because you're concerned about your health or the pandemic. Would you make that? Am I accurate in that dissemination? 
No, absentee is okay because you have to go through a process, Brian, and you go through a process and you make a request and they send it to you and you get it and you fill it out and it's a process and it's a smaller number. What they're going to do is blanket the state. Anybody that ever walked, frankly, will get one. And you know, the governor's a clubhouse politician. He's uh, somebody that, frankly, uh, was shocking and shocking what he did, more shocking what he did. Without uh, town halls, without meetings, without the public, they went out and they just approved this ridiculous system. And the post office will never be equipped to handle it. And you see it in New York, in a much smaller scale. We have a congressional race, Carolyn Maloney, a congresswoman. It's been six and a half weeks now. They have no idea what happened. They're thousands of votes off. They're missing votes. They're, they're fraudulent votes. They have to do the election over. There's no way that she can take that election because, uh, I mean, it's between two Democrats, but uh, I guess he's probably, as the expression goes, more progressive. But she's uh, she's in trouble. And frankly, they have to do the election over. This but you're suing Nevada, over. right? You're suing Nevada? I'm suing, I'm suing. No, but it's the same thing. It's mail-in voting. Patterson, New Jersey. 20% of the votes were either fixed or messed up or missing or fraudulent. And people are in big trouble. The town council, the mailmen, a lot of people are in big trouble. That's Patterson. That's 20% of the votes. You can't do a mail-in vote. Now, Florida is different in the sense that they've been doing it, and they've had two very good governors, frankly, and they have an infrastructure that's taken years to build. But Nevada, they start voting very soon, and he just threw it out there. And the other thing is the votes don't have to be counted or tabulated until seven days after November 3rd. So that means if we're waiting for one state, and it's a very great, important state, big state, uh, if we're waiting for that state, you don't know what the answer is going to be till after maybe seven days. and But it's not going to be seven days. It's going to be months or years. They will never be able to tabulate their votes because they're not set up for it. Mr. President, uh, thank you for joining us. You mentioned the Postal Service. Well, your former opponent is out of the woods or tweeting from the woods. And this is part of what she said about the Postal Service and your treatment of it. Hillary Clinton tweeting this. I fear Republican sabotage of the U.S. Postal Service, including slowing mail delivery, is a Trump strategy to make voting more by mail more difficult this fall. Request your ballots and return them as early as you can. Your response to Hillary Clinton accusing you of sabotage sabotaging the post office. Well, first of all, you know, remember the famous question when she asked me whether or not I accept the results of the election? You know, she felt pretty confident until the end of that debate. And frankly, uh, she was very strong. Do you, would you accept the results of the election? Well, she didn't accept the results. She still has. She's living in a cocoon. And I guess people don't like her or somebody doesn't like her. But she was uh, she didn't do the job. She didn't do the job that she was supposed to do. And she should accept that. Now she continues to go on. And she's talking now about the Postal Service. Well, as you know, the Postal Service for 40 years has had big problems. And they're not equipped to handle a governor where they say millions of ballots, by the way, will be posted in a couple of weeks. A gear up. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. It's a very complex process. So Nevada, we're in court. We'll see how it works out. But if it doesn't work out, you're not going to know the November 3rd election results. I'm talking for the country. It could be for months and months. I mean, actually, it could be for years because you'll, you'll never... Just so you know, he did say that we're suing Utah yesterday, but now he said Nevada. Pay attention. They sent and they plan to send these ballots to everybody that's ever walked in the state of Nevada. It will be a disaster. 
What about the debates? Uh, Joe Biden was interviewed yesterday by Dana Perino, and she said that that uh, Joe Biden will be debating you in those three debates. He's already committed to that. But then you have people with The New York Times, Joe Lockhart, suggesting that Biden not debate you. You have others saying that all of a sudden it's not an accurate forum and they're not in favor of these debates. Why do you think that is? Well, they're trying to get out. I mean, my people are telling me that they're they're playing very cute. They're trying to get out. There's no question about that. But, you know, we should have the debates. The one problem I have, the debate's very late. It's at the end of September, and a lot of ballots will already be cast by that time. They want to make the debates as late as possible. And, you know, this commission, they've already apologized to before what they did. They were oscillating my mic during one debate. They've actually apologized, if you can believe it. I have it in writing that they they were doing it, what they do. And this is a commission that's a very left-leaning commission. I frankly wouldn't have even used it, and I could have done that, except it's been used for years. But this is a Clinton-Obama-type uh, commission, and, you know, they call it, it's a beautiful name, but I'm not happy with it. But why are they putting the first debate so late? The first debate should be before the first, at least before the first ballots go out, and they have it a month later, almost a month later. It's ridiculous. Yes, yeah, September 29th but in Ohio. Regardless what it is, I'm ready to debate. I don't care. Do I hear he wants to get out, but, but he has, in all fairness to him, he has not said that. Would you prefer more debates? Uh, I, I wouldn't mind more. What's more important to me is the first debate be moved up so that when people are putting in their first ballot, they're going to know. I mean, there's a vast difference. There's never been two candidates or two uh, philosophies, let's say, that are more different than what we have. I mean, we want law and order. We want strong police. We're not defunding the police. We probably could say we're doing the opposite of defunding the police. Uh, you look at Portland. That's all, that's all radical left Democrat. They want every city to be like a Portland. If, if we didn't go out to Portland, they've done a great job, right. just a very small group. If we didn't go out to Portland, they would have knocked down and burned down the post office, which is a $500 million, the, uh, the federal building, the courthouse, which is and the post office and anything else federal. You know, we didn't go just for the courthouse. We went for every federal building there because they weren't protecting it. They were unable to protect it. But we got it to a point where it's reasonable. And if we have to do something more, we'll do more. We have to straighten right. out that city. It's been, it's been a mess for years run by radical liberal Democrats. Mr. President, and, if, uh, and they did not want to use their state police until you brought in the federal agents, and then they agreed to use the state police. So that seems to be a victory. I don't want to spend too much time on the elections, but looking at the pandemic, seniors and those with underlying conditions are most concerned about voting. They could be the most patriotic person in the world, but even your age bracket, Mr. President, they're concerned about going out in a crowded area, and it's legitimate. So having said that, what does the administration plan on doing to make it easier? More poll sites, clean teams, yeah. making dema demanding more, uh, more places in, in more areas, providing the financing to do that. So if we admit there's a pandemic and a hurdle, what do you plan on doing at it if mail-in voting makes you unsettled? Brian, all of those things and more, but all of those things. And remember, November 3rd is a long way. That's a long way. The numbers are coming down very rapidly in Florida. They're coming down in California. They're coming down in Texas. They're coming down. Those three places shot up, and those numbers are coming down. So by the time we get there, we'll probably be in very good shape. But all of those things, cleanliness, they'll wear the mask. They'll do whatever they have to do, but they want to vote. We have people that really want to get out and vote. It's going to be very safe. But by November 3rd, that's, you know, time-wise, that's eternity, frankly, as far as I'm concerned. For Trump, that's eternity. 
and November 3rd is a long ways off. A lot of things are going to happen. But we could have a second wave. But we could have a second wave. The virus got a mind of its own. You could have a second wave. Other countries have had a second wave. You know what nobody talks about is some of these countries that were being held up as the greatest examples. They're having massive second waves now. And look at what's happening with Australia. And you look at what's happening to France. Spain. You look at Spain. Is it a big, big second wave? Italy's got a wave going. Spain. A lot of countries are having a... But nobody ever talks about that. We have done an incredible job in this country. An incredible job. And our testing is... Didn't we watch this? Spanish news yesterday from Catalonia, Spain, Spain, Spain. Keeps repeating it. Just watch. The best ever, the best in the world, and everybody talks about it, other than some of the fake news. They don't like talking about it. (laughs) Mr. President, um, your latest campaign ads uh, portray Joe Biden as a vessel, an empty vessel for the radical left. Uh, That's the argument your campaign is making, and certainly he's made an alliance uh, with a lot of folks in the Bernie camp. Well, the the, the, uh, Joe Biden's chief surrogate, his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, was on our network yesterday. She made a different argument. They're definitely listening to your ads. Here's what she said. You know, Joe's a moderate, and that doesn't mean that his ideas aren't Wait, before we hear her, why is she talking? Is she going to be at the first debate? I'm telling you, I'm going to be at the first debate front and center. Front and center. And I'm going to have one of those plastic popcorn, movie popcorn things in my hand. Probably where I'm going to hold the microphone. (laughs) Why is she talking? Where's Joe Biden? Why is she responding? Do you see Melania responding for her husband? Progressive and bold and forward thinking. But he's, he's not someone who's left. He's not someone who's right. He's a moderate. And that's who he's always been. I think Joe has a really strong vision of where he wants to take this country. And he has a strategy and a plan. And whether it's on climate change or education or uh, the economy, um, Joe knows where he's going and what he wants to do. Mr. President, is Joe Biden a moderate? Is that what voters will believe? Joe Biden's whatever they tell him to be. And I think it's good that a wife is, I would expect a wife to say that. That's the appropriate thing to say. But Joe is being taken so far left. Look at the manifesto that he and Bernie agreed to. That's further left than Bernie ever was. No borders. Hold on. So someone in the chat says Joe funeral planned in October. Remember how I wrote that article where I dropped, uh, you know, that they're already discussing funeral arrangements for Joe. We don't see Joe. We see Jill. They're already talking about it. And just so you know, the Bernie Sanders, the feel the burn people are working with the Joe Biden people together. And someone DM me thinking, do you think last minute they might throw Sanders? That would be a big twist. You know, that would be a big twist. Um, but see, the thing is, they don't have much on Sanders, just a few things on Sanders. But remember, he got that surgery above the eye. So <laughs> there's an auto destruct button on that one. But take a, t- take a listen to what else the president says. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, you know, think of it. Open, open up the walls. Let's open up the walls. Let everybody, you know, we're up to 276 miles of wall now. Thank goodness we have it because Mexico is heavily infected and we'd have a surge. I mean, Mexico's having tremendous COVID problems. We built, uh, we will have the wall completed, almost completed by the end of the year. Shortly thereafter, it'll be completed. 537 miles of beautiful, very, very powerful wall. And wherever we put it, nobody's getting through. Nobody's getting through. But the fact is that 
Joe has has agreed already. So how can they say he's a moderate? He's agreed to all these things. You take a look what he wants to do to police forces in Florida, Texas. They just gave me all of the law enforcement, gave me their endorsement. But they have no choice. It's not. I told them when we were together, I say, I'm very happy to have it. But you have no choice because you take a look at what they're doing with the funding, whether it's defund or reducing the funds very substantially. But Joe is, is totally involved with every one of those horrible things, whether it's sanctuary cities. And, and the whole concept of open borders is so bad. And then they're going to raise your taxes by two, three, four times. People are going to, hey, look, our stock market is very close to hitting a new record. NASDAQ has already hit a new record. Joe will drive the market into a depression. And the biggest thing holding back our stock market is the possibility that Biden gets elected. Because if he gets elected, our stock market will crash. If we didn't have an election right now, two things would happen. Number one, our stock market would be even higher, and it's already setting some records. And the other thing is Iran, China, everybody will be at the table the first day within 24 hours wanting to make a deal, including North Korea. Well, by the way, if Hillary Clinton got in, you would have been in a war right now with a long time. Maybe it would be over and maybe it wouldn't, but you'd be in a war with North Korea. North Korea, we're doing fine. We're doing fine with everything. They're all waiting now to see, and they don't want Trump. China, the last person I've taken in... Tens of billions of dollars from China. Nobody took in 10 cents from China. China was having the worst year they've had, Brian, in 67 years. Pete, you and I talked about it once before. The worst year they've had in 67 years. We had the greatest year we've ever had last year. And now we're going to do it again. Next year is going to be a very strong year. Very, very strong. Maybe competitive what we just had prior to the China virus coming in, prior to the plague coming in. So we're set up to have phenomenal numbers and you saw the numbers coming out yesterday they were incredible having to do with automobile production having to do with manufacturing i mean we're, the numbers that are coming out are shocking and startling to people the biggest hang in the market is the possibility that if biden gets in and raises everybody's taxes including on corporations but he wants to raise individual taxes by doubling and tripling and that's their agenda and then they want to go with the crazy green new deal which will put everybody out of business what's your plan for businesses when it comes to the payroll tax cuts well i may do it myself uh, we're negotiating right now i have the right to suspend it and i may do it myself i have the absolute right to suspend the uh, the payroll, you know, to do the payroll tax, and we call it a payroll tax suspension. That's an incentive to people and small businesses and businesses generally to hire back their workers. And we're doing very well in that regard. But I will tell you this, the blue states, the Democrat states, they don't want to open up anything. They don't want their schools open. They don't want their businesses open. They want to keep it shut. And you can't do that. You're hurting people by doing that. You know, there's a cost. We did the right thing. We closed and then we opened. If we didn't close at that time with that terrible virus that should have never been here, China should have stopped it. If we didn't close, we would have had millions of people dead. We've done it right. Now it looks like a very strong V based on all of the numbers we're getting. And you'll have a big number on Friday. I don't know what it's going to be, but you have another job numbers. You know, in the last two months, we've set a record on the job numbers. And now we're going to have another big job number on Friday. So it'll be interesting to see what that is. But we're heading definitely a V. 
But the Democrats are standing in our way. They don't want their states open, even if the state is in, in good shape. Because, you know, much of the country is in really good shape. Uh, we see the red spots and we have them in red, you know, the COVID areas. But the country is in very good shape and we're set to rock and roll. But the big problem we have is Democrats don't want to open their schools. They don't want to because they think it's going to hurt the right. election for the Republicans. And but, uh, they shouldn't play that game. They should put the people first. But, Mr. President, when it comes to the coronavirus, roughly we're getting 60,000 new cases a day and 1,000 deaths. So that's what's got people freaked out. Got 18 states with increasing cases. As they try to get a hold. Why is he talking? Someone put a sock in his mouth. So first of all, the average rate of deaths that we have in the United States without, you know, the control of virus is 7,692 deaths a day. And so he's panicking over a thousand to this thing. Well, going back to the testing for a second, while we have testing, we don't have the reagents and we don't have the swabs. I'm just wondering, what is going on with the Abbott test? If you got that 15-minute test that the White House has all around the country, you don't make the Abbott test. Why can't they flood the country with the Abbott test? That's it would help sports, doing, right? so schools, and businesses. But where is this test? We're at 50% on the test, the Abbott test or its equivalent, where it's a five-minute test and goes up to 15 minutes. It's a great test. By the way, that test didn't even exist until we came up with that test. But it's like they stopped making it. I don't know anybody anybody that gets it. They're all going to these uh, these labs and it's taking forever. I just wanted to say, if somebody actually looked back on my Twitter to like March, I actually tweeted out a picture of this test he's talking about that looks like a pregnancy test. You drop your blood and it says if you have the antibodies or not. So just saying, look at them rejuvenating some conversations that we've already had because a lot of people forget and they bank on you forgetting. Before we continue with President Trump, I really want to play his advertisements and it's important to me that I play those advertisements. So um, let's do just that. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. 
Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back. Um, before we uh, continue with President Trump, I feel like there's not enough time today and I want to get off air at latest 2.30 because I have a three o'clock appointment. But um, I want to take you to Beirut. I want you guys to know that we were here live yesterday in the morning while everyone was still gawking at the pictures. I told you what the bomb did. I told you how it acted. I told you why it was done. And it seems like everybody has their own theory. It's not a mini nuke because there was no radiation. It was a bomb that doesn't exist in this time yet officially that was used to eradicate and vaporize evidence. You want to see the vaporization of evidence? All you have to do, for those of you that are on air, I can describe to you what you are going to see. And what you are going to see is something pretty insane. There is a crater where this this bomb went off can uh, for those of you that are watching on YouTube you can see it there's a crater in place I told you this was not an explosion it was an implosion as you can see some ships are missing and a lot of things are gone and those two ships were the ones that came in from Ukraine and Spain 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 Ukraine 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 Africa 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 now what people are not paying attention to is what is happening this is the crackdown and you know, they are pissed. They had to get rid of all that stuff. They are pissed. Be- oh, it's weapons. It's this. Let me tell you something. I went to school for molecular biology. I was tweeting out to you the minute it happened. Hey, guys, look at the plume. The plume is red. The plume was constantly red and going up. Then you hear, oh, it was probably weapons. Oh, it was fuel. Oh, it's ammonious nitrate. No. See, those actually give off a yellow-orange hue. I know, took spectrography, actually taught spectrography uh, section as a TA for physics. You know, I was TAing physics, the whole electromagnetic, that was my spiel, that's the labs that I taught, and how to use spectrography. And the same thing for organic chemistry, basic organic chemistry. I could tell you exactly what was there. Now, the only thing that would give you a red plume like this, the only thing is lithium, 
lithium. There was no fires going up. It was a red plume going. It was an implosion, not an explosion. The president also made it clear that it was a bomb. So it was not a missile. Nothing dropped. Israel didn't do it. Hezbollah didn't do it. Iran didn't do it. It wasn't ammonium nitrate. So when people are like, oh, look, old pictures here. Oh, look, Netanyahu showed this. Yes, it is a corrupt port. Yes, this is why we went to Beirut in the first place. I went there many times in my life. I visited all the armpits of the world. I can tell you that. The, the bottom line is what they were obfuscating. Oh, and while all this was happening, right, we know that the foreign minister uh, resigned the day before, right? We also know that, um, l- let me see if I can pull that up. I want to see if I can show you the article, which is, is super insane. Um, if I can find it. And it won't let me. No, it won't. But, uh, yes, it will. So, you know, the Katab party that I was talking about. And, uh, okay, so while the explosion happened, this guy got shot in the head by the explosion, of course. Right? So the leader, right? <laughs> the leader, the secretary general of the party, Nizar Najarin, and I, and I mentioned it yesterday on my show before everyone, you know, decided to figure things out, before they started analyzing birds and observation drones, right? Okay? Cause I know exactly what that weapon is and I told you its name. I can tell you how it works, but then, you know. <laughs> I'm already in a lot of heat with this documentary coming out. Don't need to add more to the, you know, I wish it would burn calories, all this heat I'm under. Damn. So the bottom line is there was a weapon that was used. Okay. A very specific weapon. It it was in an implosion, which you can obviously see with the missing piece of land, land that's missing. And, you know, so this guy was shot in the head, too, by the explosion, of course. And uh, it was very controlled, very controlled. I told you that that was a burst. Uh, the name. OK, someone's asking the name of the person that was shot. Um, his name is Nizar Najarian. N-I-Z-A-R-N-A-J-A-R-I-A-N. Shot in the head. (laughs) By the blast, of course. So, and that was the political party, Kataib, uh, that we were talking about that I mentioned yesterday, because I didn't have a lot of time, you know, nobody, you know, and, and the thing is, you see all these snarky right people, right wing people and conservatives, supposedly, okay, I'm going with the supposedly because these people take their own 4am drops. Oh, look at all these experts. And it's like, please take a seat. You have no idea what's going on. You know, when I tweeted out about ships that came from you. Ukraine and Park did that. I even told you what country flag they were flying, where they were coming from, who owns it. King Juan Carlos has an interest in it. Told you it was Donkey Kong, everything. And yet, you know, all the experts chime in later. This is my spiel. I can stand on the moon and watch. It's it's so easy. Uh, And you can stand on the moon, too. You just don't know it yet. So this is what has been happening They have been covering their tracks. This was a cover-up, but it worked both ways. Remember, I told you this cover-up was a cover-up slash easy way out. 
so the corrupt clowns needed to cover up evidence, which they're covering up around the world now. Saudi Arabia, something else is on fire again. Goods are on fire. Uh, there's fires everywhere. What have I said? Uh, remember, it was in February where I started playing that song. And January, I don't want to set the world on fire, right? And I was like, it just came on automatically by itself. Probably a notion. And I've said, all you have to do is stand back and look at the hot spots. Told you the world is on fire. They're torching things. <laughs> and we're not torching Storch. We should be torching that clown first. But the world is literally on fire. They're obfuscating. And again, this implosion actually not only helped Lebanon eradicate evidence and, st- you know, supposedly to help them because obviously they had no money. And the United States was like, hey, nobody's being your friend. Hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, the United States is talking to us, says the foreign minister, you know, right before he resigns. And then, oh, look, this all disappeared. Oh, look, hole in the ground. Oh, look, everyone's like, you need money, Lebanon? Here you go. Emergency. You got it? Kind of like, you know, how Cuomo, you know, uh, that was a frequent visitor to the Epstein Island with his brother, right? Really good friends with Jeffrey Epstein. How he killed people to be in a state of emergency because his state is broke and he needs money. So if he's in a state of emergency, he can get federal funds. So he killed people to get federal funds. And here we have an implosion, a very controlled implosion that got rid of a lot of cargo that, by the way, is covered by insurance for most of them. <laughs> Just saying. It was not fireworks, not a missile, not Israel, not Hamas, not Hezbollah. It was the clowns. Uh huh. It was them. They needed a cover up and it suited Lebanon because they got money too. So you understand this was an implosion. Every time I hear someone say, look at the explosion, look, there's a missile. No, it was an implosion. You could see it. Implosion. There's no such thing as a mini nuke. Okay. There's no such thing as a mini nuke. You'd have radiation. This was an implosion. Highly concentrated right there. Very specific weapon. Very non-spoken about weapon because nobody knows about this weapon because technically it doesn't exist. How interesting. How interesting. So I just wanted to play a little bit of um, what the news are telling you about Beirut so you can hear what they have to say. With a death toll reaching 100 with at least 4,000 injuries. No, duh. That was a huge sonic blow. I mean, you would never, I mean, no matter how concentrated it is, as you could see, the damage was needed to be done in that area where the ships disappeared. There's a hole in the floor. There's no evidence of everything. Like I said on my first tweet, what did they vanquish? What are they vaporizing? Because that's exactly what it did. Vaporized. You understand? Vaporized. Because where's that land in the water that exploded? Where's the debris that exploded? Where's the floor of earth that exploded? Oh, okay. That's details we don't want to get into, right? See, that's what we don't do is ask these questions. The Fox News alert now. At least 100 people are dead and more than 4,000 hurt after a massive explosion in Beirut. The government says tons of ammonium nitrate, a chemical used in fertilizer, exploded in an unsecured warehouse. 
Rescue crews are searching the rubble this morning for survivors. It's still not clear what caused the explosion. Again, another lie. Ammonium nitrate is yellow, yellow, orange, not blood red. Officials estimate it caused up to $5 billion in damage. Very interesting, isn't it? How they lied. They just lied on TV. They lied and said, oh, it was ammonium uh, nitrate that exploded everything. Really? Let's see what else we can find on uh, their news. That was a 30 second clip of lies that we just heard. I think it's interesting to see what other lies that we that's the good liar. Uh, let's see. Beirut explosion. They're calling it an explosion. It's an implosion. So, ooh, massive explosion. There we go. Today, one of the best rubbish. Or no, should we go for MSDNC better? Um, let's see. I'm going to see which one would be fun to make fun of. Um, that's Dresner. Yeah, let's do, let's do the Today Show. They're funny. They're hilarious, actually. Hold on. Let's listen to the Today Show. Just so that you can see how they lie, lie, and lie again. They don't care how much they lie. You're dumb. You're not supposed to know things. Of Beirut is shattered this morning by one of the most powerful peacetime explosions ever. But the will to live remains strong even after this. A survivor this morning found under the rubble. For some, a miracle. Look closely and you can see what happened. This is the port as a fire rages, popping and sparking. The flames swell to a noisy roar until the second blast. Other angles show the blast wave crumbling buildings like sandcastles. Traveling faster than the speed of sound, people couldn't get out of the way of the blast. Then came the bang. Filmed from boats, too, from what they thought was a safe distance. They filmed from passing cars miles away. A mushroom cloud hung over Beirut. It's um, like an earthquake. It was like... It did not hang over and, oh, it was faster than the speed of sound, but people couldn't get out of the way. Are you kidding? Like, who writes this stuff? This is, this is crazy. And what you saw was a boom that, you know, again, we're not supposed to have this weapon yet. Nuclear bomb. I couldn't even take my breath. The governor rushed to the scene and broke down, saying it reminded him of Hiroshima. The shockwave barreled through shops and a church service. But what caused it? The Lebanese prime minister said it was a horrific chemical explosion, suggesting an act of negligence, not terrorism or malice. That 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, commonly used in fertilizer, was stored at the port without proper precautions for six years. Local media suggest a welder set it off by accident. The government demanded an investigation. Hospital. A welder set it off by accident because, you know, fertilizer sparks, right? Oh, my gosh. Who believes this stuff? The, look at the orchestration. They're probably taking footage from somewhere else and putting it together. There's a crater. Guys, the, the, the earth is missing. 
okay? And ships are missing, okay? And they're telling you that it was horse dung that did it. Hospitals couldn't cope as the injured streamed in. Thousands hurt, many by flying glass. Dozens were killed. President Trump offering few details, suggesting this was an attack. It was a bomb of some kind, yes. Beirut has seen many wars. Sounds like me and the president are on the same page, but okay. But nothing like this. We had it in one explosion. It is a catastrophe. I've never seen something like that. Boy, Richard, uh, what a difficult recovery ahead for the folks there. Lebanon's prime minister is appealing to the international community, asking for help. What have you been hearing? Well, a lot of countries are promising aid. Some... People need to stop saying that ammonium nitrate is red. It's not. It's yellow orange. It's not. That was blood red. Stop thumping BS. Get a spectrography, you know, paper that hasn't been pulled yet on Google. So don't use Google. Get on, if any of you are university, get on your uh, registered Athena servers and pull out actual chemistry publications and see it yourself. Lithium burns red. Uh, Lithium burns red. (laughs) And other compounds do too. Already sending plane loads. Uh, France, Jordan, Russia says it's sending five plane loads. Israel, which has fought wars against Lebanon, says it's willing to provide humanitarian assistance. The United States also saying it's willing to help out uh, wherever possible. And Lebanon needs help right now. The country, even before this blast, was going through a massive economic crisis. The currency had effectively collapsed. So many people can't afford to fix up their homes that are now so badly damaged. So, okay. So just so that you understand, uh, because someone mentioned it is a really good question. And uh, hopefully you'll understand after the documentary, we have everything we need. We're 20 steps ahead and things like this happen because they have, you have to see it for yourself. This whole thing happened so we can track back. Now, when you see, There's a coup going on. Oh, no, it's not the Russia, Russia hoax. It's not stupid Schiff. Oh, by the way, Buck was was smacked with another four charges yesterday, too, while they were imploding things, right? And making the earth disappear from in front of your face. But it was a missile. But it was a welder that was in a room with fertilizer and horse dung that made the earth disappear. Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry. I said that in vain. I'm so upset. I'm so upset because it's like the knowledge is there. And in the age of information, not pulling it is wrong. And the fact that everyone is thumping everything is so insane. So insane. It is insane. But what you need to realize is we have a military coup coming. (laughs) I know. I know. A lot of my military veterans and a lot of military personnel that are active right now are all about President Trump. This is why he poured his heart out to them. But I, once you see, once you see what is coming, once you see it, see, this is how you taunt them. You're just like, oh, we have everything we need. Oh, look, game over. Oh, look, here's a drop. Oh, look, here's this. Hey, what about this picture? Hey, what about that picture? And they're kind of like, nah, 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 look at us, look at us. We're just going. President Trump is 
built, we have a wall around it and we can't see anything. He can't see anything. The president doesn't have information. We're outing all of the president Trump appointees from the state department. All of our ambassadors are going rogue. Uh, you know, we're dropping stuff. Kim Jong-un is dead and we leaked it. And then we let it cover up because it wasn't suitable at the time. Cause we just revealed assets. Oh, look, we're going to get these little secret accounts where we drop 4 AM drops to all these conservative handles that everybody follows so that we could tell them what to say. You know, look at us. We're doing it. And then it's like, boom, here you go. You want me to tell you who the general is? Because that's that's how what's up it is. You want to know which armed forces are betraying us? That's what's up. There it is. That's how you do it. You put them in the corner. And today is day 90. We got 90 days till the elections. So Friday, Saturday, the premiere will know tomorrow because there's a lot of editing going on right now. We've got a lot of things to put in there. I mean, Millie's producer is working overtime. Like, you know, I wish I could send him coffee from far away, but it is incredible what you're going to see because you're not able to grasp and fathom just like I'm not. I see it and I can't believe that there is a military coup. We have military, and I've told you which military units we cannot trust. I've said this many, many times over the past three years and, and they know what's coming. They all know they can't stop what's coming. And so what they're going to do is try it. They're already mitigating how they're going to elect their own president, how they're all going against it. And President Trump is sitting there all humble, reading the script, nodding, but also telling you what's up. Told you about the prophet hurricane. Then comes Josephine justice. And that's going to be coming soon. This is where it's at. And when this documentary drops, I don't care what anybody says after Millie dropped that video, you heard it here. Oh, suddenly Fox was like, yeah, and now, you know, a U.S. attorney bash is looking into raw NSA data that was being used to spy on says no duh. What have we been talking about for two and a half years? Raw NSA data. Let me translate over collection of 702s. The dossier is rubbish. Now everyone's coming out on how, oh, we have this and they've been using contractors. So let's throw Comey under the bus because this dossier was rubbish. Comey is nothing. I've told you. These clowns that they're putting up are nobodies. The first clown on a lower level that would be fabulous to just dish up is Loretta Lynch. You know, because she was promised, um, uh, you know, Supreme Court justice. I mean, there's already a handle, SCOTUS Lynch. I kid you not not on Twitter. <laughs> Kid you not. And they all know that we know, and they are like, you can't do anything. We have your hand side. Yeah, but they don't have an army of digital soldiers. They don't have people that are motivated with one thing, one thing only faith in God. That's their problem. This is why they're going so insane over General Flynn. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All of them. Flynn, 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 Flynn. He lied, 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 lied. He did this, 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 this. It was all about Flynn. Huh? Those corrupt generals. So I can't wait till it actually comes out. I've been telling you all about this coup and I started my shows telling you about what? How we're going to topple and make the global economy go tits up while we're safe and nestled within our borders. We've said this before. I've brought experts talking about commodities. So this is where it ends.
This is where we're like, whoop, here's the plan. New York Times, you want to say who the general is or shall I? This is where you call them to the carpet. This is where we unite and we put our voices out. As I've said, lots of people are like, what can we do? The only thing we can do as regular people is just go to your local offices. I just called my local GOP and cussed them out yesterday. Where are you? I need stickers. Why aren't you picking up the phone? What are you guys doing? What are you doing when their shadow economy tanked with President Trump in office? They tanked our economy to cover themselves. General Jones is the operation. There's an actual general general. Oh, wait, I'm going to keep that a secret because the White House should do it. That's why we're not even going to release the name, even though we know it. That's why we're not going to put it out there because the White House has the right to do it. And hopefully they'll do it once the whole coup is really revealed, along with the units that are being mobilized. That's what you need to remember. They're mobilizing using, oh my gosh, the, the hour's already up and we didn't even cover all of POTUS's thing. Oh, jeez. This is cray cray. Busy, busy Wednesday, right? For a hump day. That's crazy. So for all of you that are listening on the radio, I'm going to continue uh, with President Trump's uh, hearing, well, um, interview, and then I'm going to uh, wrap it up and upload it on YouTube, of, of course. And um, iHeart and Stitcher and iTunes, etc. And I'll be on uh, White Hat Report tonight. So let's get back to President Trump's uh, interview. So we can finish that up. For those of you listening on the radio, God bless. I will see you manana. Mm-hmm.